church, would you please remain standing for the reading of God's word. As a reminder, we do this out of reverence and awe for the Lord. Today's scripture is John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right. Well, good evening and good morning uh, online. We see you. Thank you, Jenny Callahan. New, new last name. That's, uh, well, that's exciting. Newly married. And uh, yeah, I actually did a little double take on the, on the thing that, you know, when things are happening. That was a terrible way to describe that. The piece of paper <laughs> saw her last name and was like, oh, that's so fun. So yeah, congratulations. Some other people in our church have just recently had babies like this last week and just there's a lot going on so a lot to be excited about and um and to celebrate and so here i am introducing everyone else um my name's dave i'm uh, one of the pastors here at redemption and uh it's just good to be with you um i want to let you know i have a stutter so it'll kind of come in and out as i as i go as i as i preach and uh, i want to give you a, a heads up on that and um and also, um, I want to let you know just a little update on the building. Some of you know uh, we're um, in the early, very early stages of trying to uh, purchase a building of our own uh, to move off the couch, so to speak, and be able to kind of set up shop. It's over on um, near Granton Country Club, 2525 North Country Club. And so you can drive by there um, and things like that. But be praying, okay? My, my commission and ask for us as a church is be praying. It's, these things are, are crazy. There's a lot that goes on. And uh, so be praying. Um, also be considering how the Lord might be calling you to, to give and to be a part of uh, uh, us, you know, really making this, this spot our own, to serve the community. Amen? Now, I'm going to need some amens here to know I'm not alone um, but uh, let me go ahead and pray, and then I'll, I'll just kind of set the stage for where we're headed here this morning and evening. Um, yeah, Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come before you humbly, and we know that we, uh, we need you. Lord, may, maybe some of us don't right now. Maybe life doesn't feel like that's the case, but um, I think for some of us, it, there's a sense of, of de desperation, of sadness, of confusion, maybe even hopelessness. Um, and Lord, we celebrated last week, and I don't know how long it took, but I know for every one of us in this room, we were reminded sometime between last week, Easter Sunday, and this evening, that the world is broken, that relationships are broken, that our hearts need your care. So Lord, I pray that you meet us, that you shape us, that you care for us, you form us more and more into your likeness, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So if you were with us for Easter or, or not, and just to let you know, um, I'll just kind of give this out of the gates here. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a hot mess these days, 
And, uh, and, and I, um, I, we're not outside, so I can't blame that, blame it on the allergies this time. But, um, you know, even during this, this is one of my favorite sections of Scripture in all of Scripture, John chapter 10. And, and, uh, and I really love to be in the best place going into preaching on my favorite passages, you know, and, and just, and that's just not where I'm at. Um, as I was thinking, though, coming into this, I want to share a, a passage that means a lot to me, and, and I just want to share it with you. Um, some of you have heard me share this before, but it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And this is the place I'm at coming here this evening. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, but I determined to know nothing among you, except Jesus Christ and his and him crucified. And my message and my speech were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Let's 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 move into his word together. John chapter 10. Go ahead and meet me there. Expecting that we will encounter the power of God through his power made known through weakness. And I feel that all the more uh, right now in this, in this season. So um, this is just to give you some, you guys know I'm not great at applications and directions and all kinds of things. So I worked hard to give us some kind of handles to work with. So this is where we're going to be walking through. I don't know if you can see it on there. Can the camera see this? Okay, good. All right, you can see. So uh, that Jesus is the true shepherd, the protecting shepherd, the good shepherd, the pursuing shepherd, and the powerful shepherd. All right, you can take a pic of that, or may maybe the guys will get it up there uh, as we need. But let's just pick right up here in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, as we look at Jesus the shepherd. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus is the true shepherd. And as we see and as we hear in this passage, there are other voices, others who masquerade, not necessarily as Jesus explicitly, but saying, you can have life through me. There's another way to abundance, to joy, to fulfillment, to satisfaction, to, to comfort, to self-image, whatever it might be. And, and the message is, no, no, Jesus alone is the true shepherd. That language of shepherd we'll, we'll look at more together, but it's, it's, it's Jesus alone can care for his people who belong to him. And there are lots of other imposters, but he is the only one. Okay, John chapter 14, verse 6 says, Jesus says, actually, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one finds life but through Jesus. I'll just, out of the gates, I just want you to know that's, that's our assumption 
our conviction. That's the foundation upon which this church uh, will stand or fall, okay, that, that we are built, is that Jesus alone gives and brings life, okay? He's, and, and, and so we need to know Jesus, all right? How do we know Jesus? We spend time in his word. We spend time in community. We, we understand who he is and what he's saying um, so that we can recognize imposters. Okay, any, any bankers in here? I have a collar shirt on, so I'm like a banker right now. No, um, yeah, Anna, yeah. So people who've worked in a bank, worked with, 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 with money, so I hear, um, you, 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 you learn to spot counterfeits not by becoming an expert on every false currency out there, okay? Because there's a lot, right? It could be printed all over the world in different places in someone's, someone's backyard, in someone's basement, wherever it could be, all, and there could be different discrepancies. But the way you identify counterfeit money is, is by looking at the one true dollar bill. Okay, so Jesus being the true shepherd if you, like me, maybe are concerned or are worried, how can I be taken astray? What if I get duped? What if I get that? Well, the answer is, is press into his word that he has given us and he has revealed himself to us. And the more we see Jesus, his goodness and his character, the more easily we will recognize what is not of him. Amen? Okay, press into Jesus, the true shepherd. And there are all kinds of different things, like I said, telling you, they are your savior. Again, it doesn't just show up and say, I'm Jesus, right? That would be too easy. But, but Jesus is the one through whom we are given fulfillment, satisfaction, life. I just want to pause and even ask you to consider, where else might you be trying to find life? Okay, we're, we're, we're pretty um, accepting of just pulling off the scab, so to speak, and just looking at honesty and real. We don't beat around the bush or kind of play church a lot here. Um, not that other places do, but I just want to let you know, if you're new, um, there's a lot of different things that we look to for life, but they're false. They're lies. Okay, someone broke them down into three categories. If just this might stick with you, think of Pac-Man, right? Like the, some, of you guys, some of you don't even know what Pac-Man is. I'm sorry. Um, those of us who grew up going to Round Table or Pizza Hut and they had a little Pac-Man game, um, right? Eats all the dots. Well, P-A-C, power approval, and comfort. Those are false saviors that all the other things we look for life fall under one of those categories. Power, I want to control my world. I feel unsafe. I, I'm struggling. I want to control things. All right? And some of us could try to just say, oh, that's just my personality, whatever. No, that's looking for life and fulfillment in a different way. Approval, right? You guys know I've aired this before. That's one I struggle with the most, right? I, I need you to need me and want you to want me. Like, and, and I just want to be, get attaboys and claps and high fives and encouragement. And when someone's dis, displeased with me, it's really hard. Okay. A, approval, comfort, alcohol, addiction, drug use, uh, pornography. I just want to numb my pain. I want to find comfort and soothing somewhere else. It's all lies. Jesus alone is the true shepherd. And he's also the protecting shepherd. So look with me. We'll go ahead and skip ahead to verse 9 here. As we look at what it means that Jesus is the protecting shepherd. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved 
and will go in and out and find pasture. Okay, there's throughout this whole section, which I can't cover every, every little nuance, but I want to encourage you that, again, the focus is on Jesus. We'll see this next week as well. Okay, when I think Pastor Marcus is preaching through the next whole section here in, 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 in chapter 10, the focus is on Jesus. So much of the Christian life, if you're here today and you're not a Christian and you think, oh, it's do this, show up, you know, check all these boxes, do all the right things. No, the message of, 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 of Christianity, the gospel, the good news is, no, you were designed to be a dependent person, to find your identity and your purpose in, in your creator, okay, to be tethered to him. But then the lie of sin is, no, I know what's best. I can go apart. I'll do this, this this way. But the message of Christianity is surrender to Christ, is focusing on Christ. The, a, a good, maybe there are more definitions of humility. A great definition of humility is this. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Okay, Jesus, the good shepherd, the true shepherd, just in that verse 9 we see this, and this language comes up, the focus is on him. Okay, so we cast our eyes to him, and who is he? He is the protector. And look what he came to do in verse 10 now. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Again, I can't go off on this, but just stuff that's going on in my own life, my people really close to me, I want to, I want to go back and hunker down on these false gods we're chasing after, finding life in. Okay, I mentioned some of them, and I don't know what it is for you, but I know we all have them. They never fail to fail. They are thieves. They destroy. I'll say some again that are, are really common in our day. Pornography. Man, I, and some I've been asked before, oh, why do you talk about that so much? Well, sadly, because... We have to talk about it a lot. Outside of this place, coffee meetings, it's, it's, it's running rampant. Men, look at me. It's killing us. It's men are laying carnage on the side of the roads. Families are broken up. Other forms of addiction, alcohol, drug use. Again, control. I want to control my circumstances, my finances, my home. It never, it, it never fails to fail. It, there, it has a 0% winning record. But yet we, Einstein's definition of insanity, right? We, we do the same thing but ex expect different results. We look at the carnage and like, oh, maybe that won't happen to me. Look, log on. It's foolish. It's killing us. But Jesus is the protecting shepherd, and he came, verse 10, to give us life. What kind of life? Life that's just like white-knuckle it, take cold showers, you know, just, just accept a mundane, really boring life. That's Christianity. No, what kind of life did Jesus come to give? Abundant life. Again, the lie that the thieves and the false promises that, that are all around us say, say um, oh, this is going to give you life, but that's going to be boring. No, Jesus said, I created life. I know how it's supposed to be. Jesus created what we call Sabino Canyon, Mount Lemon, all the best places. I'm from San Diego, the ocean, right? He knows fun, but we think, oh, he's boring. He's an ogre. He doesn't want me to live good life. No, Jesus says, I came to give you life, abundant life. He knows what we need, but the lie of sin, right? Sin is, in a nutshell, not God. It's broken relationship. It's, it's I know what I need, and I'll go do it. And again, we, I don't need to help us fill in the blanks of where we 
pursue sin, right? Where we look for life apart from God. Well, the lie is if you just take over, you, you'll, you can do it. All the way back in Genesis chapter 3, that's where sin, where we're introduced to sin in the Bible is, 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 is um, Adam and Eve are, are basically believe the lie that, oh, God doesn't really want what's best for me. I know what's best for me. I want it my way. I'll go figure out what's best for my life. And, and right away we see shame, brokenness, d- divorce, murder, okay, comes crashing in in the first couple chapters there. Okay, you want to see what life looks like for a sheep who wanders from the shepherd? Let me show you this image if we have it here. Right there. That's a sheep. Okay, I know that's, I know. If someone's laughing, it's kind of gross, actually. I got a little, like, my stomach kind of turned a little bit when I saw that. That is a sheep that was found in Australia having wandered away from the shepherd. All right, it took off and was on its own and was malnourished and starving, obviously didn't know how to take care of itself, and you wonder, oh, what makes my clothes, what, you know, all this stuff, like, what is it? No, it, need, it was designed to be cared for. A sheep can't give itself a haircut, all right, obviously. And this sheep was found, it's in, if for any of you, like, total diehard animal lovers, like, the sheep is okay, it was nurtured and cared for, and, you know, all that stuff, and, you know probably eaten on a table. No, sorry. Okay, don't go there. But anyway, okay, that's what it looks like. But isn't that, let's look at that for a minute. That's you and me. We think, oh, I know what's best. I'll go find life over here. No, the good shepherd protects us. He knows what we need. When he says, don't do that, don't do that, it's not because he's not fun, all right? It's because he knows where real life is found. The good shepherd protects his own And then in verses 11 through 15, we see that Jesus is the good shepherd. Pick up with me there. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let me ask again another really just honest question, okay? Because all the other questions I've asked you have not been honest. Um, No, this is, just consider, kind of sit in this for a moment. Is it difficult to trust? Is it difficult to trust other people? Is it difficult to trust God? Do you hear God referred to as Father? And maybe even subconsciously, that does something. That's not helpful. It's more of a barrier than a help. Okay, I I just want to acknowledge I get that. I want to affirm that. I don't want to just dismiss it and be like, oh, just try harder, do better. Just, just be more trusting. It's like, oh, good, thanks for that. <laughs> Working on it. Right? Well, what do we do with that? We question, well, Jesus, are you good? Are you trustworthy? If I put my trust in you, are you going to let me down like everyone else has? Are you just thinking about yourself? 
Well, we know Jesus is good because as we see here, what does he do for his sheep? He gives himself for them. He lays his life down for the sheep. A few passages that just we see all throughout scripture. This is the message. Romans chapter five, verse eight. God shows us his love. Well, how? How does he show us? Because while we're sinners, when we don't deserve it, when we're fleeing from him, when we're giving him the proverbial, you know, we're turning our nose up to him, we're, we, we are running the other direction from God. We hate God, enemies of God. In that moment, God shows you he loves you. He, he proves his love for you and that Christ died for you. Not on your best day. Not when we button it up and get it all right. No, on our very worst day, Jesus says, I see you, I love you, I'm good, and I'm going to demonstrate that goodness by dying for you. Is he ever going to leave you? No, Rome, uh, we're told in, in uh, Hebrews, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Hear me right now, look at me. I, I don't know all of our stories, but I know all of us, and maybe even more particularly, some of us in here need to hear Jesus will never leave you. He's not going anywhere. He ran after you when you hated him, when you were running the other direction, and he hasn't stopped pursuing you. He loves you. He gave himself up for you. He's good. Nothing else will be good. Nothing else will meet your needs. He's the good shepherd. Psalm 23 paints this picture. He's the good shepherd. He lays us down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our souls. Right? Some of us are like, oh, that sounds nice. And then what happens, right? When the stuff hits the fan and it gets really difficult, what does he do? Does he bail? No. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, he prepares a table for you. He says, I'm with you. I'm sitting here. We're eating. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to anoint your head. I'm going I'm to wash you. I've got a plan. I'm taking you. I know right now you're, you're struggling. It's so difficult, but this isn't the end of the story. He's the good shepherd. He's with you. He cares for you. And he's the pursuing shepherd. Look at verse 16 here. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will not be, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. Man, has this last year not felt like we are a divided people? All right, am I all alone? No, I see some head nods here, right? People, whether it's politically, our nation, our world, our church, the church, there's division. But Jesus unifies. How do we know? What do we do? What, what's going to make us be unified? The thing I said earlier, by camping out on Jesus. Okay, the second any one of us sits down and talks, if it's anything other than Jesus is our shepherd. He gave himself up for us. We surrender to him and trust him and follow him, and he's in charge. The second we stray from that, if we add on, but, 
Oh, yeah, but also, you know, he's sovereign. And, and, and um, also my understanding of Reformed theology, I'm kind of picking on ourselves right here now, that, that's, that's going to then all of a sudden someone's like, well, I don't know, that's not really my tradition. That's not really where I, where I grew up. That's not really mine. Or I grew, up, I grew up Catholic. I believe this about communion. I believe, you know, this about, about the way our sins are, are forgiven and, and, you know, what that looks like or if you can keep your salvation or lose your salvation, all these kind of things. Those are massively important, by the way. Okay, I'm not going to downplay those at all. But if I've learned anything throughout this season, this last month in particular, but this whole last year, actually year plus now we have to start, it's that Jesus is it. All right, if we can, if we can sit in embracing we're a part of a flock here, that sheep over there stinks. Oh, I'm a sheep too. I probably have some stink as well. All right, and if I keep focusing on that and we're focused on that, and, and no, no, that's we're going to get distracted, we're going to get angry. No, but if we sit in, I'm a sheep, I have a good shepherd. That person over there is a sheep too. That group of people over there, they're sheep too. We don't, we don't agree right now. We're not seeing eye to eye, but we have the same shepherd. We eat from the same table. We're brothers and sisters. We disagree on so much. But blood is thick because it's not our blood. It's his blood. He's the good shepherd. He's the pursuing good shepherd. Now, there's another aspect to that. He's pursued each of us, right? We're all in this room because Jesus saw fit that we would be here together right now. I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't even know. Maybe there are some conversations that even need to happen among us. Okay, I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. But he's called us together. We're, we're in his pin. He's our shepherd. He's caring for us. That's one aspect of this. There's another aspect, though, to his pursuing, his pursuing nature. And it's that he's inviting us to be a part of his work. Okay, what do you think of when you hear the word evangelism? What, what, what comes to mind? Used car salesmen, um, right? Hustle, uh, maybe fear, like not in my stomach. Uh, I don't know. What it, what, I don't know what word comes to mind. It's usually not like, oh, fun, nice, a good time. It's probably not also abiding with my Father, abiding with my Lord. For, for many of us, um, we think of that as, you know, listening to my favorite worship music, whatever that is, my favorite, in a dark room, right, with like sitting on Jesus' lap, just having a good time. That's, 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 that's abiding with the Lord. But evangelism is me doing something for God. Well, through pressing into this time, this, I don't have time to put it all together here, but the, he doesn't, the author here, and Jesus as he's speaking, doesn't, doesn't skip a beat from abiding, the, the, the shepherd being cared for and nestling up to um, the sheep and then, and then going out and, and, and sharing your faith with someone else. What, what would it look like if we just viewed our lives, every moment of every day, as just walking with our Lord? Like, like your dad taking you to the Ace Hardware. I don't know about you. As a kid, that wasn't a good time for me because Ace Hardware was so cool because it was a great place. And yeah, I'd usually get a love lollipop or something, some free popcorn or whatever. But no, it was more about just being with my dad. I got to experience like right after I wrote this sermon, 
I'll just share this with you, Kay, because I'll admit I get scared when I start to shift gears in a conversation and think, oh, I'm going to share my faith. And you might think, what, you're a professional evangelist. Um, no, I'm not. But uh, it's, it's scary. It's difficult. I sometimes, I just, like I said, I want to be approved of. That usually isn't the best way to do it, to say, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? Someone's like, yeah, let me just, you know, you're my favorite. Um, it, sometimes it's like kind of scary. Well, I was walking um, around our area where we meet here, around like downtown where our, our uh, office is. Out, right after I wrote this sermon, I was thinking about this and, and wrestling through and Someone asked me if he could use my phone, and I was like, oh, what do you want to use it for? And, uh, and he answered, and I was like, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, gave him my phone. And, and, uh, and I just, I can't tell you every detail of it because we don't really have time, but I just like, I felt no pressure. I, I genuinely, I'm so broken in this season, and just knowing, you know what, God is is with me. He's caring for me. I've, I've, I'm paycheck to paycheck right now. I'm like meal to meal. I'm, I'm, I don't have any energy to do anything for God. And I, and, and I just hear, even through preparing this, he's like, I'm with you. If you tried to do something for me, it would be pretty pathetic anyway. It wouldn't be enough. Okay. I, I use you because I love you and I want to, to be, want you to be a part of what I'm doing, but not because I need you. And, and, and so I asked this guy, hey, man, what, what's your story? And, and I sat down with him, and we talked, and it ended up spending a really long time together. And, I mean, my daughter ended up coming, and she, you know, it's, I could give you all these details, but it was, I didn't plan any of it. And, actually, by the way, just quick aside, my nine-year-old daughter said something that was what he stuck on. All the professional preacher, evangelist, he didn't, but she said something about, about God giving us a new name, and he could not get over that. It was incredible. It was humbling. But it was just a snapshot of, God, you're inviting me into your presence every second of every day. And that includes you pursuing your other people. I get to be a part of that. You and I get to be a part of it. Let's pray that we would grow as an evangelistic church, but not with a bunch of programs and strong-arming it, but just as an expression of spending time with our Father, with our Lord, who's the good shepherd and the pursuing shepherd. And then lastly, as I close, he's the powerful shepherd. Okay, read with me uh, verses 17 and 18. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority, says Jesus, to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. All right, we just celebrated Easter, right? If you were with us in that service, you heard what we talked about, right? Happy Easter, all right? Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, Happy Easter right now. Happy Easter. Why did you just do that? It's like Easter's not, Easter is every day. We celebrate on Sunday, not us right now because we're couch surfing, right? But uh, when we have a choice, we worship on Sunday because that's why the church went from the Sabbath on, on what we call Saturday at the end of the week to Sunday, what the first day of the week, is because that's the day Jesus rose from the dead. That defines 
everything. Let me just again sit in a moment. We talked about this on Easter Sunday, but if God is, if Jesus is the good shepherd and he's looking at you right now in your situation, he's like, I'm for you. I'm with you. I love you, right? You, you, you give him a hug. He, 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 he comforts you. He tells you, I, I see you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted in you. And then he dies. And that's it. And you go off and you experience whatever kind of hardship you and I are experiencing. That's pathetic. That's frustrating. That's not worth worshiping. Okay, we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if Jesus didn't really raise from the dead, we're foolish. We're, right now, we are fools. We look like idiots, all right? There is no benefit to Christianity. I personally really dislike what's known as Pascal's wager, for those of you who know philosophy, because I'm like, I could think of a lot better ways to live this life, all right, if unless Jesus rose from the dead. Because if he did, he proved his goodness by dying on a cross. Amen. And then he proved his power by taking his life back. And that's the, if that really happened, and it did, then he gets to speak into everything. Then, then my understanding of, of, of intimacy, though I might think it looks this way, should probably be submitted to what he has to say about it. My definition of, of, of fulfillment and joy and power and approval and comfort should probably be submitted to him because he's proven that he's good and he's proven that he's powerful. Let's respond right now to Jesus. He's the true shepherd. He's the protecting shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the pursuing shepherd. And he's the powerful shepherd. Lord Jesus, um, we're, we're in your hands right now. Lord, we need you. Um, I just admit, I'm, I'm, I'm broken, Lord. I'm, at, I'm kind of at my wit's end. Um, uh, I have very little to offer. And, and in this place, I see just how abundant your love is, your life is, your goodness is, your power, Lord, your protection. God, I pray that, 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 that through your spirit, that right now, in this moment, as we move into our time of response together, I pray that individuals in here and we collectively as a whole will submit to you, not like an MMA fighter tapping out, but like a kid that is melting in the arms of his or her loving parent. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.